This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Federated just wants to say thanks to all local businesses in and around the state of Minnesota. You are our community partners, our neighbors, our families, and our friends. And when you need Federated, Federated is here to help. Visit federatedinsurance.com or call your local marketing representative to access trusted resources you may need during this pandemic. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. So it is Zolgad, as usual, Declan Goff producing, and my buddy, my usual condo, it's a trouble buddy, Chip Scoggins, actually joins us today uh, for the big show itself. And Chip, I was hoping that you would join us today <laughs> to talk about a very competitive, compelling, possibly a win, possibly a loss, but a really fun to break down, go for Michigan football game. Um, instead, you join me today so we can commiserate about a gopher football game that looked like so many previous <laughs> Michigan gopher games. And, and sadly, sadly to me, you know, the storylines are so familiar as well, starting starting with the fact yeah. that the defense couldn't have stopped the three of us on this show right now. I mean, just what how shocked were you? Not by the loss, because the loss yeah. didn't shock you. How shocked? Were you, as we watched that unfold, uh, just what we saw? I've seen that defense before, Judd. I've covered that defense before <laughs> many times. Yeah, you know, I wasn't um, I wasn't shocked, and I don't know if I was surprised. We knew um, the defense was going to have some growing pains. I didn't think it would be that bad, but, um, when, you know, how often have we said that the Gophers lose four defensive players to the NFL? You know, that just doesn't happen too often, but, sure. you know, and it's not to make excuses, um, but, you know, you lose seven starters, including four NFL players, and, and Antoine Winfield Jr. is one of the best players in that program's had decades. Um, and so I, I, I thought there'd be some growing pains. I didn't think they would look that bad. Um, they looked I, – I don't know how many plays. They just looked like they were completely out of position. And the one was, you know, probably the poster uh, – child for it, the, the 70 yard touchdown run where the guy just goes up the middle untouched and you have three guys that either take bad angles or just out of uh had bad run fits, just not in the right place. So um I thought this team would have to win a lot of shootouts until the defense kind of got up to speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they have a lot of work to do on that. And, and it's not and and you know we can we can talk about the youth and that they're playing a lot of freshman linebackers, but there's some veterans on that defense. I mean there's some Older guys that are on the line, they haven't played a lot, but they're they're older guys that have been in college a lot. Defensive, uh, the secondary has some established players. I think that's their strength, and, and those guys didn't play well. And so, yeah, I mean, you have to give credit to Michigan too. That that's a remade offense. They have four new offense alignment, a new quarterback. They lost their best wide receiver, but um, the difference in athletes, I think, we saw showed up on both sides of the ball. Can you explain to me, especially in football in this town, and it, it's happened to the Vikings, it ha- happened to the Gophers uh, when they played Wisconsin in the last 
regular season game at TCF Bank Stadium last year. It happened on Saturday. What is the need for the local teams to get off to really optimistic starts? And so we all get <laughs> lulled into thinking, oh, look at this. They score, oh, you know, block punt. This is fantastic. Look at this. You know, I, I think it, it was a deep touchdown to Bateman, right, against the Badgers yeah, last yeah. year. Oh, mm-hmm. my oh my God, look, they might beat Wisconsin. And the Vikings, NFC title game, 2017. They get their drawers blown off. But what was the yeah. first thing? Touchdown to Rudolph. What is the need to tease us? If you're going to stink, just go ahead and stink all night. Don't give us this tease. You'd rather just return the opening kickoff 100 yards, right? <laughs> I mean, I just yeah. I, I feel so stupid because yeah. I'm like, oh, man, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm in. Well, I'm in on this game. Well, that's what it is. I tweeted. It's like, this is the start. Fleck wanted. Block, punt, touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, so much for that. Yeah, I mean, it was. You know, it was a – not only did you have the defense, you have all the weird goings-ons with, with the kickers, um, with the COVID. Um, and, you know, the offense was not good. They weren't they weren't terrible by the right. stretch. They, they did some nice things. I mean, the running back's really good. Bateman's obviously good. I thought, uh, you know, they lost the right side of their offensive line to injuries with Dunlap and Falei. That's obviously going to have an impact when you lose two starting line off the same side. And I think Michigan took advantage of that with some – with some blitzes and they had some protection issues, but the, the offense wasn't the primary problem by any stretch. Um, you know, I, I think Tanner Morgan's going to have to trust other receivers besides Bateman. Um, obviously you want to try to force feed him the ball, but if teams are doubling him, they got to have a section. And I think Ottman Bell, he had one really nice catch and I think he's a good receiver. And so I, I think that'll happen over time. Like I said, the running back is really good. He, he, that guy runs with his heart every game. I've, I've never seen him give anything but maximum effort. So, um, but you know, the defense is just it's 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 got to be you know miles better than what it was. Now, Judd, you're not going to play Michigan every week. You know, right. you're, right. you're getting Maryland. You're getting some bad teams here in a row. Maryland, Illinois, um, next up, and so um, it's it's a chance to. That much firepower, but yep. in that yep. you can't just assume because you're not playing Michigan that everything's going. They've got to be a lot better. So 481 yards against them um, by Michigan on Saturday. So I thought about your point too, Chip. Because look, there's going to be some teams that are, are you know very competitive and v- very good, and then to your point, there's going to be the Terrapins and there's going to be Illinois. I get all that. Uh, here's here's my concern about what I saw. Back to your point though about like the run fits and miss. tackles that um there were plays in the michigan game on saturday that reminded me very much of i think it was the last game that rob smith was the dc for against illinois in 2018 Mm -hmm. and he got fired the next day and just watching michigan that that long touchdown run that very much seemed to be the same thing because you're right that's not some great run that's just missed assignments and misplays and what was that defense known for by the time rob smith got fired exactly that being out of position. Yeah. And Rocky and it, changed all that to his credit. Well, yeah. And you look at uh, that Illinois game that day was one, maybe the worst defensive performance I've seen from a Gophers team. I mean, they had so many busted long runs. I mean, there must there's probably four touchdowns that were over 50 yards. Um, and on that, on the one Saturday night, the 70 yarder, you know, the defense in who's a first time starter crashed down. Um, the freshman linebacker, you know, got in the wrong uh, run fit. And then I think a safety took a bad angle. Um, and so it's, I know the coaches are going to say, what do we always hear? This is correctable because it's alignment and assignment, right? I mean, it's things that just be in the right spot. Um, 
I do think the tackling, I think it'll get better. I think that's a product of probably not having a normal training camp. Sure. I say tackle anyways, you know, this, you know, it's not like the old days where they're tackling every day, but um, there might even been a lot less than that. We were allowed to watch practice. So I, I think watching college football all over, you know, just nationally and watching a lot of games, tackling isn't, is a problem. And, and let's be honest, Defense in college football is almost non-existent now anyways. Even Nick Saban said it last week, right? He said you can't win with defense in college football uh, anymore. Like you're not going to you're not going to shut whole teams down to, to 10 points. It's just not going to happen. You you got to outscore them to some um some degree. So, um but yeah, just being out of position, you know, on on some of those plays and just looking kind of confused and chaotic at times on defense. Yes. That's what I think that was probably the the biggest eye opener to me. And again, if you lose if the score on the screen is 30 to 24, I'm like, okay, yeah. that that's that's tough. It's how you lost and it's the fact that both teams were playing their first game. So I'm w- with you. There's some of this c- that can certainly be explained and corrected and just watch the film as less and Christian like to say and we'll fix all <laughs> that. Um, but it's how it happened in two teams playing their first games. And, and the scary thing is it's not like it was a veteran Michigan offense that came in and did you in like, if that had been Ohio state or something, I would, I'd still be, I'd still be disappointed. Um, but the circumstances don't dictate that, if the Michigan kicker had not missed three field goals, we're talking probably like right now about a 55, 24 loss. Yeah. And that's, and, and, and that game on paper, it looked like strength versus strength, unknown versus unknown because Michigan's is good. I mean, they got really good players over there and Don Brown's a, a great uh, defense coordinator. And obviously the Gophers offense is their strength. So you, 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 I thought those two might cancel each other out. And then it was just the unknown of Michigan's new offense versus the Gophers new defense. And, Hey, Michigan lost four offensive linemen to the NFL draft. So they had four linemen drafted. Their number one receiver, Nico Collins, who was, you know, one of the best returning Big Ten wide receivers, he opted out. The quarterback, I know he's has a lot of hype and he was a phenom in high school and he's he looks the part. <laughs> he is gigantic at 6'5, 245 pounds, Joe Milton. But that was his first start too. And so and I know it's Michigan and I know they recruit well. So it's it's a little more plug and play than the gophers are, right? That you kind of reload. Yeah. But it's but it's a, still a first time out. You don't know what you know those guys are going to get, and they they did not look like the first time out group. And you're good too, Chip. Like that's the the thing. If we're going to change our our expectations and feeling about the golfers, then let's change them. Yeah, they have to be changed. It, it can't be like, well, Michigan's Michigan. So I mean, come on yep. now. And no, no, if no. you're good. Uh, did PJ Fleck in his post game Zoom? I love the post game Zoom. Yeah, so it's so personal. It's just crazy. Uh, I hate P- it. <laughs> oh, I, I'm I a thousand percent with you. Did PJ Fleck in that post game Zoom seem, for lack of a better word, shook to you? He seemed, he seemed sort of just, just for his ordinary demeanor. So I, him, yeah. him ordinarily against what we saw on Saturday. Well, I, I think this. I think they had to be probably surprised by because I asked PJ about his defense last week on in the Zoom before a game about his defense and just. The uncertainty of what you're going to see. And he said, yeah, you never know until you the lights come on and they play a real game. I'm sure it probably, you know, I don't know if it's disappointed or shocked him about how bad they played and how just out of position sometimes they were. The other thing is, obviously, he took some um, – and I don't know if he saw this before he came in. He, he said, you know, some people are going to be mad at the decision to go for the fake punt on fourth and uh, four there at the 31 late in the first half. He said, they don't know what I know. Um, 
in terms of their kicking situation. And I think he felt almost like he had his hand tied behind his back because of his punt situation. He didn't trust the punter. He said, we we already had one 14 yard punt. Um, I still think in that situation, that was too, too much of a gamble because you're still in the game. And if you don't get it, you're basically conceding points and the game's over. I think, um, if they score a touchdown there, which they did, if you don't get it, it's 35 to, was it 17 or 14? Um, and and I, I just felt like it was too much of a risk at that point. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he was probably a little bit exasperated by the kicking situation, um, which I write this for tomorrow, Judd, is like, hey, man, we all wanted them to give this a shot. We wanted Big Ten football. Well, first the first week of the season showed us it's going to be chaotic and imperfect. And – you know, you had the Purdue coach miss. The Gophers kicking situation was a disaster. The, the Wisconsin might be without their stud quarterback now. He tested positive, and we'll see if it was a false positive. I assume it'll be today. Um, this is going to be chaotic, and I think media, fans, coaches are all going to have to understand. Judd, you you want to put an asterisk by this season, and I'm not sure that's not the the wrong idea, but it, it's going to be from week to week. It they're going to have to deal with things that they've never had to deal with. Yeah, and I'll say this in flex case, and I I know that that in the college game there's no there's no compelling case made to a coach to be truthful until the game is actually played. I understand why you don't release some of the information to opposing teams, um, but you know when you don't have your specialists across the board you are pretty much screwed and it and you could have told us that on Wednesday and told Michigan that you could have told us that on Saturday the point is they here's a question a question for both of you guys regarding this and this is off the top of my head okay so I might be completely wrong here if you're going to attempt in 2020 a fake punt does it make more sense to leave your offense on the field and go for it because I don't know that fake punts, like, I get that they can work sometimes, but it. But you're asking a lot of kids who don't know exactly yeah. what they're doing. It, I would almost prefer to have the competency of my offense attempt it yeah. than, hey, let's let's get it to the up back and see what happens. And this is totally in, in hindsight talking, Judd. I, I would rather trust throwing a slant to Bateman than I would putting the ball in Coquie's hands and trying to get four yards. Um, now, you, you, obviously, you remove the element of surprise, and sometimes right. it catches them off guard. But it was fourth and four. Um, you're not having a dynamic playmaker catch the ball there um, or take the, the direct snap. I, you know, and they can all they can double Bateman or whatever. But I think if you just feel like okay, punting's not an issue, so it's either going to be go for it or, or punting's not going to be a, a, one of those scenarios. It's either going to be go for it or fake it. And this is, again, this is total hindsight. I'd probably line up and try to go for it, but we would think he's, you know, we would say he's crazy then too. Like if it doesn't work, we're like, what in the world are you doing? Just punt it or fake punt, you know? So, but I, I would, I, yes, I would probably rather try to get the ball to Bateman than put it in, in the lesser, you know, player's hands. Yeah, you definitely don't want to get too cute. And I, I love when a fake punt is called. It's one of the more exciting plays in football. I don't know why, but when, when you're basically all your specialists are out, what Cleck said, they were down there first and second string kickers. And well, yeah, the, is first and third kickers. The, 
the back kicker, but the backup kicker was hurt, which we didn't. <laughs> so you're, they're, they're down to a second punter. Yeah. Right. So you were already kind of behind the eight ball. I, I think you can get cute with the fake punt if you're in a little bit better field position too, but I would have just rather trusted the offense that look, Tanner Morgan and Rashad Bateman are good guys. And look, Mo Abraham ran all over the, the place on Saturday as well. So I, I would have been more comfortable keeping your offense out instead of going for the fake punt. There, there's a right time to call it, but I agree. I, I don't think it was the right time to, to go with a fake punt in that situation. And Judge, you, you, you bring up a good point about um, coaches tipping their hand and not, and, and no coach is going to give you their, their depth. And if it, and, but it, it is interesting and it's a dilemma because, um, you know, Walker was their backup kicker. And normally, normally Grant Ryersey is their kickoff specialist. He handled it all last year. Well, he was on the sideline um, in, in pads. He didn't have his helmet on, but he was, he was dressed. Mm-hmm. So you're assuming he had COVID. You're, he could be injured. You don't know. They're not releasing that. Right. But by not re, by not saying, and they're, and they're not going to tell, hey, Michigan, we're going to have to squib kick it or pop it up every time because our guy has is just coming off. They're not going to do that. But they also, you know, it became a punchline on Twitter and social media with people making fun of this kid. It's like, did, I took part in too. It's like, is this the farthest he can kick it? I mean, is this, they don't have somebody that can kick the ball deep. It has to be a pop-up or a squib. Now, it came after the game, and, you know, PJ said they were without two kickers, and and the third guy was coming off sports hernia, so they had to protect him. That's all he could do. Um, So it's a tough situation. I mean, you hate to – the kid was getting embarrassed on national TV and people making fun of him on social media because – It's not the kid's fault. It wasn't the kid's fault. He was hurt. uh, I don't blame the kid. Semi-hurt or whatever, how you want Mm -hmm. to – but it, but I also understand why PJ is not going to say, "Hey, Jim Harbaugh, we're going to have to pop these up every time, and we're going to squib kick it because the guy can't." They're not going to do that, you know. So, are are guys who don't play? They're possibly COVID cases. They're, they're possibly <laughs> exposed. They're possibly hurt. Do do we know for, for sure that that some of the kids who aren't playing have not also opted out? Well, Dunlap for sure. The 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 right guard. We saw him on one of those scooters with your leg up. He, okay, so he's hurt. And I think Valet he's hurt too. Um, Oliver, the linebacker, I believe is coming off surgery. Um, I think the only COVID cases were the specialists. And it's weird because, um, PJ said, he wouldn't say they're COVID cases, but you can make, you imagine what it was. So, I mean, basically he was saying it, but yeah, um, he said it happened at different times. Now the, the big 10 rule is after you have that, once they know it's, if you take the point of care, then you take a PCR just to confirm it's not a false positive. So if it's not a false positive, it's 21 days. But when did that when did it start for those those kickers? And the fact that Grant Ryersey was on the sideline tells me he's at past that, that contagious stage, right? So he must be 14 days beyond it. The right. fact that he wasn't in isolation. Right. Um, the punter was out there, the starting punter, the, the kid that transferred in, he was out there. So I would think that he's past the, the quarantine stage. Yeah. Fleck, I think on the Zoom, uh after the loss, Chip, I think what he was trying to say was, w- without coming out and saying it, was every one of those guys was at a different point of the aftercare. Yes. And yes. so, but he was trying to be, I don't know if he was trying to be sort of cute or tell you as much as he felt comfortable telling you. I couldn't tell. But it very much to me painted a picture of, of hey, this guy might still be out 21 days, but this guy might only have seven days left or something yeah. like that. That's how I took that. Well, it, it, and that's what he was saying is like they hit him at different times and I, I, you know, coaches are going to say the HIPAA thing. I don't, I don't buy that the HIPAA, this is a violation of HIPAA, but I think that they're want to go through. It was like, okay, this guy got it on this date. So he has right. 
this guy, they're not going to go through the depth chart and tell you where each guy's at. I mean, it's just, it's just not, not going to happen. Um, so, but I don't know. Um, are two of them coming back this week against Maryland? Is one coming back? It's, but I have to think, Judd, though, if they were on the sideline around the teammates, they got to be close, right? They're not going to be, that means they're out of isolation, out of quarantine. Correct. Um, so maybe it's just one more game, but I would doubt that it's going to be two more games. Correct. And, and yes, that's just a guess. And pro- problem four is, and we, we don't know this for sure. If you violate a team rule and are now suspended for a game, they're not going to tell you that. Well, no, that, and that's so like that, that could, that could eventually play a role as well. If a kid, you know, is in street clothes, does not play, it could have nothing to do with being hurt, COVID or sickness at all. Yeah. It could be the guy was not going to class. <laughs> not doing it, a school or it, could, it could be it could be two in 2020 boys that you get caught in a bar yeah, yeah. There's, there's no way that every player in in you know across the board in college that none of them are going to go to bars take their mask off and the problem now is someone's going to see them take a picture if the coach sees that that probably leads sick or not immediately to uh disciplinary action because you can't have that well i it would be interesting um and I know they're college kids, but in today's day with cell phone videos and cell phone pictures and Instagram, I, I would have to think that's an automatic suspension from a game. Because if, if, oh, if they, yeah. you're going to have to go in isolation, well, you're getting tested every day anyway, so they're going to know whether you test positive. But um, heaven forbid that one does, you know, somebody does go to a bar and then test positive, I would think that they're, one, they're going to be punished by not playing for three games, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's, but you're right. I mean, it, it's, it, from a media's perspective, Judd, it's hard because you don't want to assume anything, but you also have to tell people, hey, these, this person's not playing. Now, we don't know if it's COVID. We don't know if it's hurt. We don't know if he's being punished for something. And I think you just have to leave it at that. And, and, and you know, you'll find out if it's one game or three games. Is this worth it? I, I, it's funny. That's my call tomorrow. It, I, it's still worth it. I, you still have to give it a chance. You know, um, I, I – I understand the the health and safety part of it and and just the disruption and, and all the things we're talking about about coaches not being there and, and all these things. Um I still think it's worth it. I still think you have to give it a shot. Here's why I'm torn. Here's why I'm very torn. If college athletics were treated like the academics want to believe, then it's not. Then it's uh then it's it's dumb to play. Personally, I'm with you one thousand percent. I want football. Yeah. I I want to watch it. It if you don't understand that this is a business, you, you've got your head buried in the sand so deep I can't see it. Um, so I think if if college sports was treated like like the colleges try and sell it, then I think it's it's hypocritical to play and probably dumb. But from my own perspective, of you know s- sitting down on a Saturday and watching games. I absolutely want to see games. Yes. Jed, don't you think colleges are also hypocritical in the way that if they try to sell this as amateur sports? I mean, I don't think – I don't – you think people still still believe that that notion that, hey, this is great, this is mom and pop, and this is amateur, and they're, they're student – they're not student athletes. No. They're, you know, no. I mean, no. they're, they're athletes who go to school. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, yes. this is business. Uh, there's a lot of money being made. Um College sports are rich because of these athletes. And so for them to say, you know, pretend this is 1980, um, that's disingenuous. And mm-hmm. so 
I don't know that many people, I think most people understand what this is about. They understand that, that schools need these money. I mean, football keeps athletic departments afloat. They absolutely, we're seeing sports get cut. Yeah. We're seeing all these different things. Uh, talking about being $75 million in the hole in revenue. They need football. And I think most people, I, I would, you're pretty gullible if you don't know what this is about. If ESPN and ABC and CBS and Fox came around tomorrow and said, we have serious concerns about these children. We don't think that they should be playing. And in fact, we are going to yank all of these games off our airwaves. Our conscience tells us that we can no longer televise for the rest of 2020 college football. They would stop playing tomorrow. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's, but, but again, I'm a hypocrite. I want them to play. I understand that from a fun, but that from the fundamental position of if we really care about our children, this is probably not yes. smart. But I'm, but I'm not going to sit here and say don't play because we saw that chip for what? Yeah, three months, four months, well, three months. Yeah, we saw that. It, not good for us either. And, and Jed, I, I do. You know, we know that there are always outliers. There are cases where young people have gotten sick, but yes. by March. The vast majority, vast high percentage of them either have little symptoms, no symptoms, or get over it pretty quickly. And so, and that, and that's not to diminish the deaths that we see in the country, and um, and and that's not to minimize COVID or just ignore. It. You have to be safe. And I, I I feel like they're taking the safe precautions. I was on board when they started testing every day. Yeah. Um, and then the and then part of the part of the reason, Judd, that this is three weeks when a and test positive. I think most conferences are two weeks, which is probably the standard 14 days, right? Huh? And added in another week for the cardiac care and the cardiac monitoring. So that third week, you're going through all kinds of, you know, heart exams and EKGs to make sure that was the big, the myocarditis was the big reason why they pushed pause the first time. And so they, they built in another week and, and people are probably frustrated by that, but Hey, this is part of the, if you want football, this is how it's going to look, you know, you're going to have that, that third week of looking at your heart to make sure there's no issues there. Do you think, Chip, that we are um, going to see some type of of lawsuit or action filed from what you're talking about? Not not from the sickness, but from the fact that they are doing so many things to play college football that I don't think the the administrators and hierarchy has ever gone this far as basically acknowledging that it, it's a pro sport. Do you think that someone's going to look at this and say, if you're going to test daily, which, by the way, is smart, but it's expensive, mm-hmm. and that's what pro sports do. Do you think that somebody's going to come down the pike and say, everything that you did in 2020 basically acknowledges that these kids are professionals? Yes. Judd, we live in a lawsuit society. People sue over everything. So somebody's going to sue. Somebody's going to get sick, and they're going to sue, or somebody's going to develop. Or a- not sick. I, I'm just saying what, what they're doing is acknowledging that this is a pro sport. Yes. Um, it, the protocols are what you would expect from, and what you, what you're seeing from NFL, major league baseball. Um, so I'm sure there's a lawyer somewhere that's going to talk somebody into saying, Hey, they shouldn't have been doing this. We should sue. So it it won't surprise me now, whether it holds up in court, I, you know, that's for smarter people than me, but I, like I said, we, we we see law. Yeah. We see lawsuits over everything. So it, it does, it would not surprise me if we see one over this too. All right, Chip Scoggins. Uh, National Football League trade deadline is a week from Tuesday, Election Day. Sell, sell. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. There is already Yannick Ngakwe is gone. 
Um, realistically, uh, by the deadline, which is probably 3 p.m. Central, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. our time on November the 3rd, that Tuesday, how many veteran Vikings do you expect to be gone here? And keep, keeping in mind, too, here's the one problem. There's a lot of terrible teams that are going to look yeah. to dump. So this is going. This is definitely going to be a buyer's market. Uh, but what do you think as far as names go? Who's going to be gone? Well, well, you have to go through the list and see realistically, contract-wise, uh, production-wise, just where they are in a career. How many guys have like the kind of value that someone's going to give up a draft? You would want, right? Uh, yeah, I would say Anthony Harris, probably because where he's at in his contract. Yep. Um, Riley Reef. Somebody want an extra offensive lineman that if, if somebody suffers an injury, you know, or has would, an injury, would, they, would you take a fifth round pick for him? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you get a fifth round pick. Um, Kyle Rudolph, maybe. Yep. Would somebody want an extra tight end? Um, you know, Thielen, I would not trade. I mean, because you got to have some players, right? You got to be well, but what if the but what if Thielen gets you what you want? That's my thing. Is I I wouldn't yeah, rule him your, out. But who's your? You got to have a team. Like you got to have a team the rest of the year. I what if I decide that Cousins is is a lost cause and I might be stuck there? So it's going to be a couple of years of bad football. Like if I think I'm really stuck with Cousins, I don't know that I do want a team. I, <laughs> I, I might want to come. I might want to come out. I might want to come out of the Kirk years, prepared to hit the ground running, and allow Kirk to and allow Kirk to feel the full wrath of his salary cap hit, like the fans in this town have. I, I, I would love to see you as a GM. Man. I think there's different for me. Oh, or a coach because I not, benched his butt at halftime and made him those stats that he got against the Falcons. Who, by the way, found a way to lose to the Lions. Those stats, okay, fans. Okay, fans. We're not gonna have a game this week. COVID hit our, no, we're just, we traded no, forfeiting. We traded we have, no more, we, we have no more players. We got a lot. Of, I have, I have 300 draft picks, but we have no, we have no. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to package them all to get Justin Fields <laughs> and Trevor Lawrence. So don't <laughs> complain. That's right. Um, oh. Yeah. I, no, I think you, you know, you have to, you know, it has to be realistic. And do we think that, that Cousins is a lost cause? I mean, I, I think at this point it's like, can you tell me he's not? Well, I, I think you have to draft it. If this is going to be the year, because you may not get this opportunity to be this high in the draft next year. You, you might, like if you're rebuilding, you, you might be stuck in that top 10 um, a couple years. But this is the year you take your shot and, and try to get that, that quarterback, I think. And if you draft it, and here's, here's the question to raise, Judd. Let's assume you get in the top five, right? through trades or whatever, through being bad and, and moving up, do you let Spielman and Zimmer pick it? That's a really, that's a really compelling question that I think has different answers. And I think if you are the Wilfs and, and you decide that this team needs to draft a quarterback and cultivate that young man, um, I don't think I want Mike to be his coach. I think I just, it, I just don't. If if you're in position to to get, I don't think you're going to be. You're not going to get number one. I think, you know, Jets and somebody. I, I just don't think you're going to be that bad, Judd. How about if I make the right trades to get number one though? And and here but here's you, here's what we need here. We need Trevor Lawrence to make it very clear that he will, under no circumstances, ever play a down for the Jets, which he should do for his own. Darnold, look, I can't tell you that I know yep. Sam Darnold stinks. I can tell you that I know he's being ruined. He's actively being ruined. If I'm the Lawrence camp. I'm not 
going to allow my guy to get anywhere near that team. And I don't care who the coach is because that organization stinks from the head on down. Starts with ownership there. Well, yeah, it, it, that, that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. But, but if you're in position to get Justin Fields yeah, and if you're the Wills, I think you think, you know what? I want an offensive coach to be this guy. I want a franchise quarterback and I want an offensive coach. And maybe at that point you say we clean house and start over with it, with a franchise guy, quarterback, a new offensive coach. Um, it, it, you know, this is the Wills are going to face some interesting because I, I haven't gone through the Viking schedule, you know, clearly, but based off last week, um, I don't see him winning more than five games. Do you? Not based off last week, no. And, and I, I think if they continue to subtract parts, which in this case is pretty smart, I think they can almost guarantee that they'll win about five games, four or five games. So that puts you in the top five probably, right? Yeah. Six, well, seven? Will that get fields? I mean, well, yeah, it, will, it will if I accumulate enough draft picks um, or right now that I could package. So if I could swap first round picks, give you my first round pick in 2021, which I would prefer not to do, but I would to get a top quarterback and then include draft picks that I've acquired at the deadline. Mm-hmm. I think, I think I can get into the top three. Cause I'm, cause like, let's say I'm drafting fifth or sixth. I'm not that far down. It, it's not You're like not I'm that far away, yeah. 25. Um, so I, I think that there are scenarios under which you could make a really good play to get f- fields. The other thing that's going to help, guys is if houston continues to stink that pick belongs to the dolphins who have tua yeah so they'll be open for business they'll be open for business yeah and and you know the wild card is how teams uh view lance from north dakota state um how how far is it you know obviously lawrence and fields are up here where is the gap there you know is it a is he a top five guy is he the slam dunk number three quarterback taken i would assume he probably is at this point but i you know that's for teams to decide. I, I can't sit here and tell you I've even seen him play um, just based on, you know, hype and what people say, but it'll be interesting to see if he catapults into that. Hey, he's a top five pick. He's a sure thing. He's not that far behind fields and those guys. Um, how that affects it too. So it's, it's um, Lawrence fields. It's fields. It's Lance the BYU kid. I, I've seen I've, a lot of uh, talk about as well. Yeah, I've, I have watched him play. He's he's good. I mean, but I will say this: uh, BYU is benefiting greatly from the uh, rework schedule. Look, go back and look at BYU's original schedule, which would have been fun. At Utah, Michigan State, Gophers. Um, there was another. They had four straight Power Five schools that they opened up with. They didn't. They haven't played a Power Five, uh, or maybe they played one. But it's it's you know who they're playing now is a significant drop. But but I think that kid. I think he is a good uh, quarterback. I don't know if he's in that in that discussion of right, but but he he does um, he does look like the real deal. So is, is he probably a top ten pick then? So it probably See, that's go, what, well, I don't you know Fields, top ten. I, I guess it's you know then you have to factor in tackles and you know defensive linemen and all that. I, I don't know what every team is going to finish needs. Um, you know, I mean Cincinnati is going to finish in top ten. They're not going to take a quarterback, obviously. You know. Sure. Burrow, so it, but is he going to be the fourth quarterback taken? That's probably the way to look at it. I mean, he's going to be a first round pick, I assume, but is he going to be the fourth or fifth guy taken? I, I don't know. Burrow, that kid is impressive. That kid is fun to watch. He is going to be good for a long time. See, that's the thing, Judd. If you're Cincinnati, they got one win, right? But yeah, yeah, you're not happy with it. But if you're a fan, you're like, okay, 
yeah. quarterback, you know, now, now you just got to get pieces around them. And, and that, you know, who knows if that organization can do it, but at least you feel like they saw that big, you know, question mark. Here's why I, here's why I think chip, the Vikings actually have a path that makes sense here to their delight. Well, financially not so, but to their ears, to the delight of their ears, there are going to be no fans almost certainly at games all year, right? So fans are upset that that they stink, but basically they're just, they go, you know, to Twitter and complain and that's fine. Uh, But, you know, that Atlanta game would have been toxic. That building would have been toxic. So if you're the Vikings, you actually have a pretty good game plan here, potentially, if you are going to draft a quarterback and let's say blow out that the uh, coaching staff, which is going to be costly because Zim just got the three-year extension uh, that runs through, what, 2023. But if you're going to do that now, you, you could basically welcome fans back next year with, well, we had a disappointing year. We might not be that good this year, but we got our quarterback, which I think changes the dynamic of the feeling about the team completely if that quarterback yeah. proves he can play. Well, and, and and we've seen it, Judd, when you've been in a – a stadium when it turns toxic that affects people that make decisions whether it's the booing whether it's just the, the vibe you get in there whether fans stop showing up that's i mean when fans stop showing up that's you know that that affects uh decision makers but i was thinking about this yesterday Judd, having the day off and just watching tv watching a lot of games i mean when you watch like mahomes and russell wilson and kyler murray and all these quarterbacks <laughs> It's a it's a different thing, man. Yes. It, it just is. I mean, if if it's not as you can just sit there and watch a day of football and just see how obvious what they need to do is. Um, yes. They find that guy. They absolutely have to find that guy. The, their biggest problem, starting with Rick, is um, the game changed, and I don't think he understood completely how much the game had changed. And it's funny, Chipper. I when when I was on the beat at the combine, I don't recall the year exactly but it's when it's when the college game had changed fundamentally a lot offensively but the pro game hadn't yet and I remember talking to Rick once and I'm like how do you scout guys now because like it doesn't translate right now so if if a left tackle looks great that doesn't mean he's a great tackle it it means he's a great college left tackle mm-hmm. and he was and he tried to explain to, to me but the one thing that I never saw coming back then was this the pro game was about to adopt the college game. So it's yeah. not so it's not like the college game that the pros said, oh, forget that. We can't do that. They, they said, oh, no, no, no. We, we've got all these athletes infiltrating our game who are fantastic. Um, and it's almost like during the course of the Cousins tenure here, slowly but surely, and now it's really turned a corner, the pro game itself has become the college game. Mm-hmm. And, Kirk, and Kirk, Kirk can't play that game. I mean, he just doesn't. Well, what you know, and and I realize this is they're probably an outlier. So is, but watch the way Kansas City Chiefs offense plays. It it is a different game than than what we see with the the speed and the movement and just the creativity and the way Mahomes, uh, you know, orchestrates it all. But yeah, I mean, there's all every position. Look at the way the linebacker position has changed. I mean, you have to have guys like Kendricks that can cover in space. Look at the way the tight end position has changed, where you have to have almost they're hybrids now. They're half. You know, blockers, but more receivers, left tackles. I mean, it's every position's changed because of the, you know, it changed up, not downward. And so, yes. um, you have to have that quarterback that is creative and can move and make something out of nothing. And, and, um, it's just, 
you know, like, like I said, when you watch like that game last night, Russell Wilson and, and Murray, I mean, that was just fabulous the way those two just um, moved around and, and made things happen on the run and with their feet and their arm. And uh, it just feels like and then you watch the, the Vikings offense and it's still, it just feels, you know, like a throwback in, in yes. a lot. Yes. And Kirk doesn't, I mean, it, it's not Kirk's fault. He doesn't have the skill set that guys have now. He just no. doesn't. And, and you can't, you, you can't, you know, at, at the age of what he's 32 now or something like that, 33, you can't just all of a sudden talk about, you know, this year, I think I'm going to become uh, more mobile. That, that doesn't work. No, like that. That's not real. That's not the real world. Uh, I'll give you guys a quarterback that I think is the poster child for, for the starting point of what you have to have. And this guy might not be great. He's been up and down, but I think he's the starting point now. 2020, okay? Josh Allen of Buffalo. Because he's not, because, you know, he's had some great games. He's had some clunkers at times. I don't think he's great, but he's got the skill set of the starting point that I need, which is Mm -hmm. you can move, you're big, you're strong, you're mobile, you've got the arm. Like, that's just, that's just to me, if, if there is a tier of what tiers can I use? He's at the bottom of the tier that you have to have to have a quarterback who can compete right now, I think. Yeah, yeah, and Judd, and, and this whole conversation goes back to the head coach and what philosophically do you want to look like? Zim still has an idea of it's ball control, it's pound the ball on the ground, it's time of possession, and don't make mistakes with the quarterback, don't turn the ball over. Um, so it comes back to just kind of the fundamental you know, philosophical vision of what you want your offense to look. And that starts with the head coach and uh, him and, and Spillman are obviously aligned in that. And so that's where, if you're the Wills, Judd, do you trust the ownership to look around the league and say, Hey, the game has changed here. We, we need, or, or do you think they have so not that they're detached? Cause I don't want to say they're detached owners, but um, do you think they have that kind of wherewithal to say, you know what, the game has changed and I don't, I'm not sure our, the, the team we have in place in terms of Spielman and Zimmer fit that, that change. I guess my first question to them off of that one would, would be this to the Wilfs. Do you um, trust yourself to know the game well enough to make that decision you, you, yourself um, to their credit and chip, we, you know, saw this and continued to see it for a long time to their credit. They've done a very good job of hiring people and allowing those people to do their jobs. Now the Wilfs are huge fans. But, you know, as far as allowing um, the people that they hired to do their job, they seem to be good at that. But And spend point, money. And, spend, and money. spend money. But the question now is, is what you just said, which is, are they allowing the right people to do the job? And the more I watch football now, and, you know, in I did, did the same thing that you did on Sunday. I sat down and watched uh, games all day. Um I don't think they probably have the right people football-wise running this team. It doesn't mean that they weren't very good at one time, uh, but Andy Reid, think about how that guy adapted his philosophy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, completely. He's an old man, and he ad- uh, he adapted um, just fantastically, and Mike and Rick seem to really be set in how they think that they can win, and you watch it from the quarterback on down, and I don't know that you see it. No, and it's – and and – you know, I don't know if it's as simple as Andy Reid's an offensive guy and Zimmer's a defensive guy, and and not saying you can't be a defensive guy and win because that, that's we're seeing it. I mean, look at Pittsburgh right now. You know, look how good they are. Um, so I, you know, it's I just think it, it still comes back to you've got to find the quarterback, man. I agree. You've got to you've got to find the quarterback, and that's going to 
be special and can and can you know do things that overcome deficiencies deficiencies that you have and not being good at certain sp- spots. I mean, heck, and I, I you know Russell Wilson I think is the MVP, but I don't know if he's going to be able to get the Super Bowl with that defense. But he's you know he's overcoming a defense that's terrible you know right now. I know, and you, you know I just don't know that you know the, with Cousins it has to be almost. I don't think it has to be perfect, but it has to be ideal for him to succeed. Yeah, and I think if you throw a really good team at him defensively, I think he's probably in trouble now, too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, I think, just a a starting point, I think the guys like Cousins, and there used to be a lot of guys, and in that era, uh, Kirk Cousins would have been a very effective QB. I think the starting point is this. Guys like that who succeeded um, back in 2000, let's say, five or so, the one thing that they never really had to deal with consistently for sure was interior pressure from the D line. It didn't happen. Yeah. And so they could drop back and yes, they, they had to be aware of what the tackles, what the outside rush was doing against the tackles. But if you look at a guy now, Grady Jarrett, I mean, guys like that, who's mm-hmm. just outstanding guys like that for the most part in 2003 didn't exist across the board. They were bigger guys who would stop run the run. So I just think that, what you're asking Kirk to do against defenses now looks to be too much. And I don't know that, I don't think there's enough um, workarounds to fix those things. I just don't. Well, and I also wonder about his confidence too. I mean, his comments after the, you know, the Atlanta game were just, where if I keep throwing interceptions, I'm going to get benched. I won't finish the season, you know, move on. Yeah. It's like, where, where is his confidence at this point? And uh, yeah, and, and probably rightfully so. I mean, some of the throws he, you know, that, that first interception, you're thinking, holy cow, you know. So, but defenses have changed too. I mean, what everybody's looking for. I mean, the the those rush, you know, whether it's outside, inside, linebackers, whatever. I mean, defenses have you know had to adjust because of the way the offenses have. So, um, you know, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I was thinking about this yesterday, Judd. Packers week, man. This normally is like an exciting week. Yeah. But I, I got nothing for you. <laughs> no, it's, like, Chip, it's only one thing. Election week. It's now election, yeah. it's election week. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I got nothing for you. This is going to be the first time, probably since I started to follow the Vikings in 78, Chipper, that um, we're going to go two Packers weeks in this town flatlined. Nothing. Yeah. Because the first yeah. one was nothing, and this one's going to be equally as, oh, they're playing the Packers. That's right on Sunday. Wonder what yeah, it's going to be like. Remember we covered and it was far going back. And I mean, remember. The strip the- used to send an early God. person there to go advance it. You'd go there for the week and cover the Packers practices to get the feel for what was going on in Green Bay. Judd, it hit me yesterday. It's like, it's like man, this is Packers week. <laughs> I mean, it's a column. It, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's like. You're right. Yeah, it's like where where is the? It's just like okay, it's just another week. I mean, gosh. oh no, it's not. No, it's not. It's chance to go one and six week. <laughs> it's not just another week. I, I'm going to tell you right now, guilty pleasure. Saturday, flipping around to watch quarterbacks was actually fun. Fields is yeah. phenomenal. I mean, yeah, he's, he's fun. Really good. But yeah. but this is the first time in a long time ever that I'm actually watching college football games to watch quarterbacks who could be Vikings. And then on Sunday, I watch games to, to see who absolutely stunk as well. And who. Yeah. And I was rooting for the Jets. I'm like, oh, yeah, you got a chance against Buffalo. 
Judd, so this is going to be the reverse heartbreaker, right? <laughs> they're going to put themselves in position to get fields, and then they're going to win a couple games later. It knocks them out of position. Oh, no, don't, no. That's the, two, <laughs> that's the 2011 problem. You remember yeah, that? That's right. Yeah, Leslie. Win against, Leslie against Washington. <laughs> it's going to be a Merry Christmas. No, it's not. And, Car- <laughs> and Carolina, they beat Carolina on that. Stu- I think it was Graham, Graham Gano missed a late kick that would have. Yeah. That team should have been 1-15. One what did, and you know what? what they say, Merry Christmas. I'm like, Ma- no. <laughs> first of all, first of all, your star running back's knee just got shredded six ways to Sunday. And second of all, you won a stupid game that you shouldn't have won. I know. And, and I know that his career got cut short, but rewind time, I will still take my chances at one and fifteen on Andrew Luck. Happily. hundred percent of the time. Happily take my chance. hundred percent of the time. Yeah. I don't think he gets hurt here. You can you can see that coming a mile away. What's going to happen, right? They're going to win enough games and knock them oh, out. Oh, stop with it! Last thing, um, yeah, lots of surprises, but I think this is my biggest one in the uh, National Football League this season. How on earth are the Dallas Cowboys this bad? Yeah, well, I thought they'd be good. Yeah, like, I mean, well, like I thought the Bears would be bad, but you know, okay, they're good. That's fine. But this Dallas team, McCarthy. Might not survive the season at this rate. Well, that's what you wonder. If I mean, now he has obviously some built-in excuses. Now, I mean, when you look back, I mean that. But I I don't know if they're a good team to deck, you know. Um, And so, you know, maybe it's the coach. Maybe it's you know the owner trying to be the GM with personnel. And um, I haven't studied them extensively, but I thought they would be one of the better teams. I did going in. So did I. And that's just you know. But we we see that with the NFL uh, year a team that you think is going to that looked strong one year and you think okay this team's going to be really good next year and for whatever reason whether it's injuries or just guys get old and the production dips or whatever but yeah it'll be interesting to see how committed he is to McCarthy this thing just you know if they wind up with two or three wins or four wins I don't know what they they have two now um whatever they have I have to look at what their record is but, but it, they but, were it, just, if, but they're terrible yeah yeah they're, they're awful yeah they're and, awful. So it'd be interesting if he if he stands by him. Yeah. Well, when when he when McCarthy went after the players uh, in his press conference for not <laughs> for not going after the guy who hit Dalton, that I mean that's a whole nother thing, and that's yeah, that's that's ordinarily your last days right there. How to lose the locker room? <laughs> you know. You know, there's a head coach up here. I saw uh, PFF had a story about <laughs> you know in season trade. I know it's rare, and I don't even know if it's possible. But I got a head coach up here who knows how to fix your defense. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Call the Vikings right now. Nine five two eight two eight sixty five hundred. I got a coach for you. Let the bidding begin. We'll Still give him deal. deal for a fifth round pick. You can have him for a fifth round pick. Um, Coobs' kid can coach the team. <laughs> That's right. Still make the deal, huh? The, the coaching trade, right? I'm telling. I'm telling you, if if Jerry calls, Jerry's Jerry's crazy enough to call. Yeah, I don't know if you could trade a coach during yeah. a season. I that might be against league rules. But if they want, if they want Zim in uh, in January, would that be crazy? Uh, would that be crazy even for Jerry Jones to to fire a coach after one year and make a trade for another coach? It, that would be crazy even for Jerry Jones, right? It would be, but he'd be the guy to do it, right? He would be. He'd be the one. Yeah, he would be the owner to do it. They, he would be the one guy you'd say, if you say, this owner just did this, who who, who would you guess it was? Everybody say, yeah, it's Jerry Jones. I do think that Mike, I think that, I think some of what Mike does is archaic, but I will say this. I do think if Mike went to a team that needed immediate defensive improvement, um, and, and I think yeah. his act works 
early. So I think if he went went in with the with the Zim sort of gruffness, um, that could actually work there. I'm not saying that they'd be great, but I do think that it could work there. And and I do think that there's a case to be made that that Mike's message here, and it's not Mike's fault. He's six plus years in. It you know it just things run their course. Yeah, and I think he's a good coach. Record, I think he's a good coach, and I don't even know if his message is. I just think it's been a confluence of the quarterback has failed him. You know, they turned over the roster and, and probably thought too highly or thought that it would work with young guys replacing veterans right away. Let's be honest. I mean, and this is not excuses, but when you lose Pierce, Barr, Hunter off your defense, it's not going to be as good. I mean, when you're, when you're, start, you're starting to sound like shit Like now. shit, I know. The not ghost the of shit has gotten into you. You can't not, lose all you your specialists. You can't lose <laughs> what you geniuses think. You lose yeah. all your specialists. That's They're right. lucky they didn't lose a hundred or nothing. <laughs> but I, I do think I missed it on Saturday. I, I know it. I do miss it. Just slamming the table. But but we're 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 um we're him we're him and uh Spillman are vulnerable as they, they invested in the wrong point. Absolutely. My favorite Sid at Gophers games, because he cared so damn much, right? Oh god. Is he we on Saturday night, he would have just been beside himself. He would have been so oh. But I used to say to him, because he'd slam the press box and be like, these guys can't do it. This Morgan stinks. What? I mean, what? He's a top rated. And I would always look at Sid and say, Sid, that's a great column. Write that column. <laughs> that's I right. Can't, I can't, I can't well, write that. His, his, the, the thing that used to drive him crazy the most at Gopher Games was the kicking, the punting and kicking. Could you imagine me trying to explain to him what the hell happened with, their, with all the kicking? Oh, no. That would have been. So you see, he said the third guy had Corey, and this guy had the hurdy, and the punter. It would have been a nightmare trying to explain. Oh my uh, god, that would have been fantastic to see. <laughs> you would have had like a napkin out trying to diagram who was playing and who wasn't playing, and why right. some poor kid who was was like walking across campus on Thursday is now trying to punt. Hey, speaking of which, if that punter is out, I, it, I'm I'm half facetious here. I wonder if he should try like open tryouts on camp because if if the best if he's so worried about his punter kicking a 14-yard punt, he's going for fourth and four, you know, a fake. Maybe should open tryouts this week on campus, you know? Can soccer players punt? Uh, they can kick, you know. Maybe I'm just can... thinking out loud. That would be I, fun. That that would be a very Fleconian thing to do. That, that would my, be fun yeah, to I watch. Know. But my guess is one of those two kickers that were out, if they come back, I, I'm guessing they're the true backup punter. Surely the guy that punted the other night was not their backup punter. Because you have to you have to factor in, okay, under Norm Sergeant, what if our punter pulls a hamstring? Who's our backup guy? I, I can't imagine that that was the number two option. Can you guys imagine the fear that if you like hadn't punted and like are told <laughs> to have to punt? Now, I understand that if you punt and you're good, it's it's probably not that hard. But yeah. can you imagine the fear of like you you were pulled aside, like you were pulled aside and said, "Hey, Chip, you got to punt tonight," uh, and it's Michigan. <laughs> Oh my God! I think I dropped the ball. Yeah, it would not. I might start crying and just drop the ball. I mean, seriously, <laughs> that ball would slice off my foot for like a two yarder, probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hey, PJ, no. you know what? I like it. Snap it to the up back. See what happens because I ain't got it in me. Well, that's always. Oh man. I, the other thing I always do, like at a, at a Twins game when there's a high pop up, you're sitting in a press box, and they're like, how much would they have to pay you to try to catch that thing? I mean, could you imagine trying to catch one of those big league pop ups? No. Like I'd have right no forward. chance. <laughs> I'd be circling below. I'd be circling below it, and I would get dizzy and fall down, and then the ball would hit me. 
That's right. By, Just look it up right there, baby. Dizzy. Yeah. By the way, that that gopher debacle did stop us from watching one of the most exciting world. Did, did you guys see the end of that game? Well, Judd, I was, I was, I just filed my column, and all of a sudden, my Twitter feed just went. Oh but, my god! What just happened? So I, I raced home, and, uh, and that was an ending. What was more? What was for a high level game? What was more shocking, that or the Minneapolis Miracle? Declan, what do you think? Between the Minneapolis Miracle and which one? The, the, the baseball Series. game, the, United, the World Series. The, oh, I would say the Minneapolis Miracle. The Minneapolis Miracle. The, I mean, I. The, no one saw that coming. I mean, the, the at least two, like the Rays won't can't win the World Series. Like, there's a possibility the Rays won't win the World Series out of that. That game with the Vikings at least vaunted you to the NFC Championship game. Like that won you the game. Um, but in terms of just pure craziness, I mean, I've never seen anything like that. It was it's insane. That, it's that play, yeah, right. Because yeah. I, right. I mean, think about that. The, the, the base runner falls down. There's two errors on a play. There's the guy's trying to sweep tag. It flies off his glove. <laughs> So to your point, though, I, I think if you talk about improbability of play, it's a baseball game, right? Because the miracle, okay, the miracle took a couple of accidents by the Saints, including their their uh, D back deciding to fly by Stefan Diggs. But like that was that was at the very most that was probably two breakdowns, right? The baseball game took yeah took the ball hit uh, Chris Taylor by a guy who should yeah, who shouldn't have been on yeah Chris Taylor who was playing uh because Be- Bellinger w- was out with a sore back he misplays the ball he picks it up a Rosarena to your point Chip who is the winning run in that case falls down Muncie cuts it and then he throws it to the catcher Will Smith who who somehow who somehow goes to make the sweep tag before he gets the ball I think it's the baseball play because that yeah. was just a that was so many things and and I mean my God Arosa Reina's on the ground yeah yeah like yeah, like the ball Will Smith catches that ball he can literally walk to Arosa Reina probably and tag and him tag him yeah. yeah yeah I mean it's you know both you know both are ones that you've never seen before obviously um, but it's yeah it's uh, I probably would go baseball. Um, as crazy and as un, you know, like we've never seen something like that in an NFL get, playoff game in like that before. Um, yep. But yeah, awesome. as I've always said, those are the plays why we watch. Why why yep. uh, why us morons who spend all of our times and our wives say, "Are you going to watch that game too?" I've always yeah. said, I've always said, you got to watch the crap for the pit, the payoff. It's the payoff, <laughs> and that right. on Saturday night was the payoff. And I was stuck watching a kid that poor kid couldn't punt, <laughs> and the Gophers give up forty nine points. I know. And, and I thought to myself, I should have just stayed home and watched the darn baseball game because mm-hmm. we'll we'll never, you know, you're not going to see an ending like no. that probably for the rest of our lifetimes, at least for Chip and me. Declan might, but yeah, that was oh my gosh, uh, that play was so wild. Okay, that play that I had just gotten in my car and was going home when that play happened. Dan Schulman on ESPN, who is one of the best, right? Yeah, the guy's incredible. Dan Schulman had trouble describing it because how do you describe it? (laughs) You know, yeah. There's the ball; it's bobbled. Now Rosarena, he falls (laughs) down. He gets up. He starts, (laughs) and it's like I had no clue. But I wasn't mad at Dan. Dan did his best. No, that's how do you describe it? You're just like, and some stuff happened, but exactly, and it's, it's incredible. That's you should have seen it. You should have seen it. It was crazy because I don't know what I just saw. All right, I know. Thanks, Chip Scoggins. All right, boys. Great we'll see stuff. Mackie back tomorrow. Mackie and Judd, thanks for uh, tuning in on this Monday.